welcome to Pep Talks. I'm Frank Laughlin, Business Transformation Manager for Kerber Pharma Software. And I'm Laura Ferry, Cloud Customer Success Manager for Kerber Pharma Software. Our goal for Pep Talks is to have conversations on current topics impacting both bio and pharmaceutical manufacturing. And to get to know the people who are the experts in the industry. So sit back, relax, or go for a walk with some pep in your step. Welcome to Pep Talks. Laura, this week we are delving into the groundbreaking world of cell and gene therapy. And this is definitely the type of topic you could bring up at next dinner party, next time you're hanging out with friends, and probably sound a little bit smarter than you feel. I love that. In 2019, we were lucky enough to have Judith join us at Kerber as a principal consultant for cell and gene therapy projects. She works closely together with ATMP manufacturers, supporting them in transitioning their manufacturing processes from paper to a digital solution. Okay, Judith, the obvious first question is, what is cell and gene therapy? And could you give me some examples? Sure. Um, so I think the basic idea for cell and gene therapy has actually been around for 100 years, ever since um, we understood that every cell and every gene has a function in the body. And of course, I think the approach is to say, well, if we have a cell that is missing in a patient, or if we have a gene that is missing in the patient that would actually code for a protein that conducts a certain functionality, why don't we just bring the functioning cell or the functioning gene back into the patient and heal them? And I think that's basically, as I said, an approach that or an idea that has been around for centuries. However, what was lacking was the brilliant idea how to do it. So how to actually bring a cell that can conduct the functionality into the body exactly to where in the body it needs to be to fulfill its function. And the same for genes, because you can't just bring genetic material into a body and expect it to fulfill the function that you want. It needs to come to the right target cell. Um, obviously, it needs to be taken up by the target cell. And then the genetic progress really needs to be performed. And that's what happened in the last years. So if you uh, ask about an example, I think we can talk about the most prominent example that there is right now when it comes to cell and gene therapy, and that's the CAR-T. So CAR-T was approved in 2017. And with that, it was actually the first gene therapy that was approved in the U.S. by the FDI. And the idea is completely brilliant because what you do is you have a patient who has a certain form of leukemia. And from this patient, you take the immune cells and modify them in a way that they are able to attack their own cancer cells because usually cancer cells would avoid the immune system of the patient. So once these cells are transferred back into the patient, they can find the cancer cells and the patient is basically treated with its own immune system, just modified in a way that it's capable to, capable to find and attack the cancer cells. And that has already solved um, or that has already cured a lot of patients and saved a lot of lives. And that's really that really was a big breakthrough of the last years reading your bio i see you got your phd in the genetic background of autism spectrum disorders and then you led an academic research group 
Where was this research conducted? Well, so back in the days when I started my PhD, I really wanted to do something that is close to medicine and where I knew that I could make a difference. So I got interested in the genetic background that is associated with diseases. And I have done my PhD actually at the Institute of Human Genetics at the University Hospital Hamburg-Eppendorf. And that was really exciting also in retrospect because basically what happened there was that in the time when I was um, working there in the research group, they um, established the new method of next generation sequencing, which gave them the possibility to way faster analyze a patient for the genetic background of their disease. And I remember specifically that I was so impressed with the, especially with the families that got there um, basically for advice, um, who most often had, for example, a child with a rare disease. And I have to say, it's just so impressive if you see how these people really get the expert for their disease, because they have gone from doctor to doctor, and maybe none of them could help them until they finally found someone who can explain what is happening and how the disease will develop and really support them. And yeah, it was just so impressive to see that. And that's what I, where I really, really got interested in basically the genetic background of disease, but also, of course, how can we target it and how can we support it? And that was for me like the start of it all um, to get interested in the awesome area of cell and clean therapy. I love the, the context of no one knows a child better than a parent. Yeah. And when a parent digs in, when something happens to that child, a parent digs in, they're going to learn, they're going to dig, they're going to find out, they're going to look for anything to help Absolutely. that child. Yeah. And I yes. love I love that you jumped into that where you, you were just so impressed with that behavior. Yeah. Also, um, I have to say, you know, where cell and clean therapy basically comes from and why it got so successful is because of the parents, because they interconnect, because they reach out to other parents of affected childs. So they are basically driving the complete aspect that we are discussing here. Uh, they are the nucleus of it all, um, if, if we think about it, because they have some knowledge and the amount of parent initiatives how they work together, how t they support each other. Um, that's often really the first support that a few of these families get. And then, of course, they can guide them to basically the research institute or the um, Institute of Human Genetics or whatever is the institute that can support them further. But very often, that's basically the first thing that happens and where they actually find the help that they need. And if you think about it, that's really very impressive. So they're actually turning them into killer cells. Exactly. I mean, they are already killer cells because they are called T-killer cells, but they now are enabled to also find the cancer cells they should kill. And this is the way that they do it. Wow. Yep. Those examples and those killer cells that you just mentioned, they're definitely help to illustrate why cell and gene therapy is so special and innovative. But do you think there are any comparisons to current biotech manufacturing processes? Um, 
Absolutely. I mean, we can always leverage from the past and from previous manufacturing processes. I think in this case, we probably need to talk about the two ways of how to use cell-based manufacturing and cell-based therapy. One is called the allogeneic approach. And what we do here is basically we take cells from a healthy donor or from a cell bank, modify them if it's necessary, and then we can treat a lot of patients with these donor cells. And that basically is very close to traditional biotech because we are again using a cell bank um, or using a donor, expand them in quite a large volume, and of course, then uh, basically do the formulation, which means that we receive the right amount of target cells, and then we can use it for treatment. So from manufacturing, that is very close to traditional biotech. The only thing that is necessary is to have a very good control of donor traceability. And with that, and because cell and gene therapy now is um, a topic that is basically handled separately by the regulators, there are a few additional things that we need to consider. But there is a second approach, and that's the one I was just describing for CAR-T, and that's called the autologous approach. And here we talk about personalized cell-based medicine. And of course, again, we can leverage a lot of the processes and a lot of the manufacturing steps are similar to what we have seen in biotech. However, the scale is completely different because um, in traditional biotech, for example, you talk about 500 liters of cell culture in one vessel. And now you talk about 200 milliliters in the cell bag, taking a sample of two microliters so, you know, it's just a completely different way of working because you are working at a different scale and, of course, um, using different equipment. Now, based on what you just talked about, why don't we just treat everyone with cell and gene therapy? Is cell and gene therapy a cure or is it a therapy? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. And, I mean, honestly, I'm really, really excited about everything that is happening in cell and gene therapy. And I think that we have seen big breakthroughs in the last years. However, we still have to say we are still in the beginning. So the amount of different diseases that can be targeted with cell and gene therapy, it is still limited because after after the big breakthrough in 2017, of course, every new target needs to be studied, it needs to be analyzed, it needs to make, be made sure that it's really safe and effective. So it's not something that develops within two years. So I think we are still at the beginning. And of course, it's also different to what exactly you want to target because the most successful so far are the ones that can be targeted from the blood system because um, it's a very easy system for a treatment to be performed because yeah, you are working in a liquid environment and the target cells and the um, treatment cells are, have a very high probability to find each other. But that's different for other diseases. So they are way harder to address. And there are, again, there are a lot of very good progresses made in the last years and a lot of brilliant ideas how to proceed with that. But of course, it needs time to really, um, yeah, find some new targets and really find out how to address them in the most efficient way. And then, of course, if even if we don't want to, we need to um, discuss the aspect of 
the reimbursement because if we talk about personalized medicine, a treatment costs about 500k. And of course, that's a lot for, for one treatment. And back to your question, is it a cure or is it a therapy? Most of them, and the basic idea is to, for it to be a cure. And in this case, of course, one treatment really can cure the patient and they can be cancer-free for the rest of their lives. And that makes a complete difference. Um, however, not all of them are a, a cure. A few of them are also a therapy. And I think, again, a lot is happening in research and development especially to make sure that more and more of the approaches become a cure. But that's not true yet for all of them. So we probably need to be a little bit patient to also make sure that more and more treatments will be available, more and more diseases can be treated this way. But of course, it needs to be investigated very carefully. And we can't expect a miracle in, in the next year. But honestly, if we talk about in our future in 20 years, I think everything can look completely different. And maybe then we will have the possibility to cure all of them. So let's see. But I think what really is amazing right now is the big breakthrough has happened. And quite a few developments have been um, occurring ever since. And that's what is exciting about these therapies. We have a very promising future. Thinking about that that promising future and all these developments that we can get, as you said, weirdly excited about uh, thinking about in the future. What are some of the other open-ended questions that you think listeners should know about happening in the realm of CNGT? I think, honestly, we are now in an exponential learning phase. The manufacturers, uh, the doctors, the suppliers, the solution providers, the regulators, all of them are currently all in one boat to learn exactly what does it mean to do a cell-based therapy? What does it mean to perform a genetic modification? What are the different aspects? What is necessary to make it a secure treatment? So a lot of things are still open because we are right now in a learning phase. Um, but I think that's also what makes it so exciting. And what is really great is that you see a huge amount of collaboration. So whenever we are attending Southern Lean Therapy conferences, I can't tell you how many interesting discussions I'm having with the different stakeholders that come together to perform these therapies. And that is really um, what makes this fight so interesting because we are answering a lot of open questions step by step and we are all learning together unfortunately that's all the time we have for this amazing topic a big thank you to our guest dr judith Culver, and i want to thank our audience for tuning into pep talks this week the pharmaceutical expert podcast don't forget to comment subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode thanks very much if you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode, and hopefully you've learned something to make you sound smarter at that dinner party. We hope you enjoyed this new episode, and if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. Also, feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. See you next month for a new episode.